welcome listeners to our latest podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Johnson, and today I'm joined by a very special guest with me. Um, he's one of the most successful brokers at one of the most successful Aussie retail franchises, and he used to be a prison guard and a bouncer before moving into the world of broking. Please welcome Sergio Stefanos. Sergio, thank you for joining us today. Hi, Ryan. Pleasure to be here, mate. Um, thank you for uh, having me on. No problem at all. It's good to chat with you. So, Sergio, tell us a bit about yourself. Gosh, where do I start? Look, I'm a father to two beautiful girls, lovely wife, Victoria. Obviously, enjoy spending time with the family, those sort of things there. But uh, in a different life, I, yes, you're right. I was a, was a bouncer. Then after a bounce, I became a, um, a prison guard, a correctional officer there in Port Augusta here in South Australia. So I've definitely... Um, so what made it, what motivated you to switch to become a broker? I moved around a little bit in that bouncing sort of career. Then I became a correction officer, and Port Augusta is quite some some distance away from where I currently live. So what I'd work, do is I'd work five days on, two days off, and then five days on, seven off. And then obviously that I had family, and that just didn't really work out. I'd, I'd rather be closer to home. I just purchased a property as well, so it made sense to to live back in the city in Adelaide. And at the same point in time, whilst I was you know being a bouncer or or, or a correction officer, I was, I was still buying, selling, and developing property as well. So um, I like the interaction of it all. And I did. I, had, I ended up making a decision between either being a real estate agent or a broker. Um, the real estate agent didn't really appeal to me because um, I just didn't want to work every day or on the weekends. They do work quite hard. And I do work hard as well. I just wanted to keep some of the weekend time for my family. Then I just I, I reached out to a few different um, brokerages, essentially, and uh, I had a bit of an understanding of what the role entails. I then realized quite quickly that it was a self-employed um, role and you're the only person that sets your own limits. So, you know, now I, um, I love that. I love being, the, I love knowing that I was responsible for how many people I helped. I was responsible for how much income I earned and I was responsible for how I built my own business. Yeah. So that, that was really interesting. Um, how did you, your previous experience help you in your current role? Yeah, so that's that's a great question. I think one of the greatest takeaways I had as a bouncer or correction officer was the ability to to tactically communicate, and that's what we used to call it in the industry was tactical communication. Because the idea of it is is how do you communicate with someone not and not get into any form of arguments, not get into any form of just just pretty much talk to people without being hostile. You know, it's all about talking to people about, hey, what are your wants, requirements, and how can we get there? So, and I thought that's that's pretty much the same thing with, with mortgage broking to an extent is how do we talk to, to a person, ask them the relevant questions to get the relevant answers, to give them what they want? Because at the end of the day, any broker can do a loan, but the best brokers are going to be the ones who can find out exactly what that client needs specifically and what they need now, but also what they need in 12 months' time. Because whilst this bank may have the best interest rate today, for example, it might not meet the goals and criteria for what they're planning on doing in six months' time. So I think the ability to tactically communicate and understand, talk and discuss with, with the relevant client of what they're actually wanting to do is 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 phenomenal. So I'm looking at implementing that in, in the people that um, you know request to be mentored by me also. It's all about how we talk, how we communicate and how we get the person what they want whilst avoiding any drama in the meantime. Now that now that you've taken um, that tactical communication into this job, I'd imagine though it would have been a bit of a transition for you coming from that industry. Can you tell us a bit about how you transitioned? Yeah, my, my, the transition was 
was at a time of COVID really. So as soon as I started, I actually, um, from the person I was mentored at that point in time, literally the, the day I started, I'm pretty sure COVID started with the lockdowns and, and, and so forth. And they said, Sergio, sure, you don't want to go back to your old role for a, a period of six, 12 months until this maybe blows over. And then we can look at restarting it again. And I know I persevered. I, um, I said, no, I'll use the downtime because, of course, there was a lot of uncertainty. So not a lot of people refinancing that point in time or purchasing that sort of thing there because they weren't sure about their own job security. So I just used that downtime to study credit credit policy, learn the language of credit, had to understand you know, what made one bank different to another and why and how you can structure loans in certain ways. Because like I said, there is a, there's a basic level to mortgage broking and then there's, and there's a lot more to it. So I... I Definitely took the path of learning a lot more to it and then started studying a little bit more in depth and I started building on referral partners while so a lot of people weren't too busy. So I, I got in touch with a few accountants, real estate agents, financial planners, all within that downtime, introduced them, let them know who I was, that I was young, I was eager, I'm hungry, and I really want to help people. And I think, you know, for maybe five out of ten people, they they really um they enjoyed that. And then um I built some referral partners without having the referrals to give at that point in time, but it just it gave me the foundation so my clients could come to me and ask for X, Y, or Z, and I'd be able to point them in the right direction or the relevant direction to what they required. So it just it was a great time in that transition period just to really build a strong foundation. So if anything, COVID, COVID worked out best for someone who was new to industry, I thought, because if you use your time wisely instead of instead of not so, it was, um, it was an incredible part to build just this incredibly strong foundation of, of knowledge and processes and um, and referral partners that I can utilize, like I'm utilizing now, two, three years on. Yeah, that's very true indeed. Now, I'd imagine it would be quite stressful as a bouncer and a prison guard. How do you deal with the stress, pressure, and conflict current work environment as a broker? Good question. It was very stressful. It was, um, it was overwhelming, I'd say, a good amount of it. You know, you'd have two officers in, in the wing with, with 60 prisoners and if you're dealing with an altercation, you know, you can't have eyes everywhere and I don't care how good you are, there's two people with 60 others. So it's always a very, uh, very confronting and very conflicting situations. And then look, the, um, the, the flip side of it as a broker, of course, it's, um, nothing's ever that scary. You know, we're dealing with clients, we're dealing with people. And at the end of the day, if you can give that person what they need, it's quite, it's quite simple. I, I found that by Having that previous experience as a bouncer and a correctional officer, now doing what we're doing is quite simplified when we get just to the root of it because it's quite basic in nature what people need and what they require. It's all about getting the answer from them to see exactly what they need now, later, and at any other point in time in the future and staying in contact with them. It's quite, yeah, so I think maybe it's just giving me more of a, a simplified view. Now, you mentioned before that the, one of the reasons you transitioned over from being a prison guard to being a broker was because of your family. How, how do you balance your work life and your personal life as a mortgage broker? Yeah, it's very difficult. Let me be completely honest. It's very difficult, especially when, um, you know, in the first few years, like myself, I'm all about client acquisition and client retention at this point. So I'm about trying to get as many clients as I can in. I'm trying to build the business. I've had... I've, um, had a new broker start with me earlier this week, um, a young man called Fetty, you know, um, and, you know, you, you're, you're building other people's lives and at the same point in time, you have to worry about your own and, and juggle that too. And I like to exercise as well. I think, it's, you know, mental health is extremely important. So 
it's it's difficult you know to to um, manage time but i do definitely block out my weekends i make sure that my point i don't work on saturdays and sundays and i tell my clients that up front i said you i'm available through the week from you know 8 a.m to 8 p.m for example you know and you i'm sure that it's a it's a flexible time for the majority of people and on the weekends i reserve that time for my family so i definitely get two full days of the family which i think is fantastic especially because the girls are so young um the youngest is one and a half, the oldest is two and a half. So it's it's definitely a full house. And at the same point in time, obviously being a good husband as well. So it's um it's a lot to juggle being self-employed. Uh, and and uh, there's a lot of people out there in the same situation as myself. And then you try to build the business and grow the business. And then obviously your time is divvied up a thousand different ways. It's just important that we you block out time like I feel ruined. You were speaking before about mentorship and the mentorship that you're giving others. What has been some of the mentorship that you received going into broking? Yeah, so um, I think the famous line that I always remember is, it's not all Mercedes and coffees, Serge. So <laughs> it's a lot more than that. It's a lot of hard work. It's not as easy as some people may make it seem. There are days that, you know, you may have a few... um. You may help a few clients and there's days that you might go without talking to a new lead, for example. So it's, uh, it does, that just told me that it had its ups and downs and uh, just never, never quit mortgage breaking when you're having a bad day, only quit if everything's going good. And that information there's always traveled with me because, you know, it's it's true. You know, when there's things that go wrong in this industry that's so far out of our control, we may have an assessor that just doesn't understand something that we've put in front of them or we may have issues with with um certain i guess you know statements getting reviewed by by certain online lenders because they haven't come through via technical difficulties or anything along those lines there so you know there's things that frustrate us and make life very hard and you feel like you may have a decline and everything goes wrong but the grand scheme of things is it's not that bad there's things that we can work around and when things are going good that's when you really need to decide if if this is the right industry for you. So all those sort of, I guess, all that commentary really, really assisted with myself going from, you know, that first to second year, which I feel is the majority of times where um, brokers decide to drop off because it is hard. The first two years are probably the hardest two years in the career. What are some of the goals or aspirations you have as a mortgage broker now and what ma- motivates you to achieve them? Yeah, good question. So my goals are now fundamentally on bringing in some more brokers bring me in brokers that I can train and mentor and help them build their business also, Ryan. So it's important to me to um to be able to, to to give back to certain brokers as well to, you know, if they have the right they have the right attitude. Because this this industry is definitely a attitude it's all based upon attitude, I think. You know, if you have the right mental fortitude, you know, and you're the right person, you can go as far as you want. So my goal is just to to continually help more brokers and um and hopefully bring a few more on to um to uh, assist with the amount of clientele that we we deal with on a you know because obviously we're quite volume driven and then we have a lot of volume that comes through so by bringing in more brokers teaching more brokers how to do it and de- effectively developing the business that's and that's definitely the goal moving forward and just finally how do you keep yourself updated on the latest trends regulations or opportunities in the market yeah, good, good question. That's um, I, I do a lot of research on a Sunday. I'll probably sit down for about three to four hours, and I'll review um, you know, uh, certain providers such as CoreLogic, SQM, uh, Australian Bureau of uh, Statistics, those sort of things there. And then obviously I, I jump onto LinkedIn as well. I'm quite active on LinkedIn, but I obviously take a little bit of um, 
I take a bit of knowledge from others on there that are obviously at the peak of their professions, and I, I put a little bit of that into into my posts as well. But I definitely, um, I definitely look at uh, trying to obtain as much information as possible from the peers around me uh, that are the uh, obviously the, uh, the the leading point of their their particular industry. So it's so it's just um, yeah, just about a lot of research and just staying up to date. And only only takes, like I said, three to four hours on a weekend just to do some reviewing, and then obviously um, reviewing of obviously. Um, of, of people's data of course but it only takes as well you could probably do it 10-15 minutes a day I'm sure we will have 10-15 minutes just to um, sit and review instead of scrolling on Instagram or Facebook or something like that just do a little bit of daily research it's nothing um, too crazy but you know there's that one statistic that, that might jump out of you that, that you might be able to utilise in conversation at a later point during the day or maybe assist one of your clients now, wonderful advice. Well, listeners, um, that's all we have time for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Ryan. I, I appreciate your time and I appreciate you. I appreciate your story, Serge. Have a good one. You too, man. Thank you.